Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. It's been a while since I said that, and guys, obviously, I've been recording episodes to the Luke Diamond Show, and today I was actually going to do a Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson podcast for the Luke Diamond Show, but instead I'll touch on them today in this show about Carson Wentz. Because I'm really going to just stick to the big cult topics. Of course, I'll do the game recaps, game previews, game reviews during the season. But I'm going to take a step back from the minor cult news. But when the Colts trade their quarterback, who they gave up a first-round pick for last year, that's big news. And you guys know I got to come on and talk about that. So it's crazy how these dominoes have fallen. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers signs a four-year, $200 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. The second he re-signs in Green Bay, the Denver Broncos, who were the most likely team, I would say, outside of Green Bay to either make a trade or sign Aaron Rodgers and bring him in as their quarterback in 2022, go out and make the move for Russell Wilson. So Aaron Rodgers off the board. The number one contender for Aaron Rodgers immediately goes and gets the next best thing, which is Russell Wilson. And arguably, he could be better than Aaron Rodgers if Rodgers is 38 years old and Russell Wilson, I believe, is turning 34. You might get four more years, additional years from Russell Wilson. So Rodgers off the board. Now the team that thought they had the best chance at Aaron Rodgers goes out and makes a trade with Seattle to bring Russell Wilson to Denver. Now the team that thought they had the best chance to trade for Russell Wilson if Aaron Rodgers went to the Broncos was the Washington Commanders. I might say Redskins or Washington football team or football team throughout the course of this podcast, but I'll try my best to say Commanders, which is my first time really saying this out loud. I've never talked about the Commanders, the new name for the Washington football team or Washington's football team now named the Commanders, but... The Commanders were the next team in line for Russell Wilson. They thought they had a really good chance at Wilson. I know that Seattle did not want to trade him within the conference, but that might have been their best bet if Denver was off the board because Denver makes a trade for Aaron Rodgers, hypothetically. So Rodgers resigns. Wilson traded to Denver. Now Washington scrambling because they lost out on their guy, which was Russell Wilson in the back of their minds. Now they're looking for their next piece, the quarterback that they're going to bring in for 2022. And then, of course, that's where the Colts step in because, as we said, and we recorded that podcast on the future of Carson Wentz and the non-future for Carson Wentz in Indianapolis five days after the Colts season ended. The Colts lost to Jacksonville. Five days later, Jason and I recorded a podcast on the future of Carson Wentz. And we tweeted it multiple times, and we stuck true to our report when Frank Reich would come out and he would back and he would support Carson Wentz. We said this is to raise his trade value. He will not be back in 2022. We said even if the Colts are not able to find a trade partner, although we did say that about three or four teams were interested in Carson Wentz, we said if they're not able to trade him before the deadline, which is next week at some point or the week after, I think it's the 17th or 18th when some of that guaranteed money is due, if he's not traded by that date, he will be released. So the Colts would have ate money and the Colts would have released him. He was never going to be back for the Colts in 2022. And we took a lot of slack for it. We took a lot of heat for it before guys like Ian Rappaport and some of the 
top dogs in the insider game nationally started to say the same thing. The Colts are looking to trade Carson Wentz, and there's a possibility he's released if they're not able to find a trade partner by X date, which was in about a week, a week and a half. So we knew that this was the fate of Carson Wentz. We knew his days in Indianapolis were numbered. We are now going to see a fifth starting quarterback in five years for Frank Reich. He comes in, Andrew Luck, first year 2018, then Jacoby in 2019, then Phillip Rivers in 2020, Carson Wentz in 2021, and now a quarterback to be named later. I don't think it'll be Sam Ellinger. I guess right now Sam Ellinger is on paper the starting quarterback, but I don't believe he'll be the starting quarterback come week one. I don't know who that guy is. Now you're hearing rumblings that the Colts are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they make a trade for Garoppolo. That does seem like a lateral move. I think it's a slight step up, and hopefully you give up less for Garoppolo than you received back in return with this trade with Washington for Carson Wentz, so you kind of get something back for the Wentz-Garoppolo swap, but are you going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo in this loaded quarterback conference when you have Josh Allen and you have Patrick Mahomes and you have now Russell Wilson and you have Justin Herbert and you have all these great young quarterbacks and they're young, 22, 23, 24, 25. These are young good quarterbacks. I didn't even mention Joe Burrow, who just went to the Super Bowl. So you have Burrow, who's like 24. You have Patrick Mahomes, who I think is 26. You have Josh Allen, who's 25. You have Russell Wilson now coming in. He's older, but he's 34. Russell Wilson is one of the older guys in the AFC, but he still might have six, seven productive years left in the National Football League. So you look at these guys, Burrow's young, Mahomes is young, even guys like Lamar Jackson is young. These guys are young, they're good, they're talented. Justin Herbert, what's he, 22, 23 years old? Week one, he's probably going to be 23. These guys are young, they're talented, and the Colts are sitting without a quarterback. We've been in this carousel, this quarterback purgatory for the last four years. Other teams have had it worse. Denver... After Peyton Manning, they had five or six bad years of quarterback play. They saw about five or six different starters, I think five starters, over the last six years since Peyton Manning. So they went through that carousel. They've had a bunch of guys, Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Flacco, and they've went through the carousel. We're currently going through the carousel. The worst thing you could do when riding that merry-go-round is trading draft capital, trading first and second round picks to miss. You're much better off signing a Jacoby Brissett, signing Phillip Rivers on a one-year contract. You don't want to dig yourself a hole by giving up a pick that could turn into that future franchise quarterback. You don't want that to be the case. So that was the case with Carson Wentz. That's why right now our biggest miss is Carson Wentz. It's nice to get something back for him and not having to cut him in a week and a half. And we actually get back some draft capital here reading the full terms from Ian Rappaport. Full terms, this is a quote from a tweet he put out at 2 o'clock. The Commanders get quarterback Carson Wentz. The Colts get this year's third rounder, next year's third rounder that could convert to a second rounder based on incentives. So I think it's, again, Carson playing 70% of the snaps. Very similar to what we saw last year in our deal with the Eagles. So same thing. You're betting on Carson staying healthy. You're betting on him playing basically maybe three-fourths, maybe 70 75% of the season for Washington this year as he heads back to the NFC East. So he'll see Philadelphia twice this year. I'm sure that'll be just great. I'm sure the Eagle fans, which are you know one of the nicest fan bases in the league, I'm sure they'll love to see Carson Wentz return to Philadelphia in a commander's uniform. So 
Those are the terms. We do get a couple of picks back. Two-thirds, one of those thirds could turn into a second next year. Hopefully he plays every game for them or plays enough snaps for them next year for us to get the most compensation in return with this trade. But this is just great that we get anything back and we eat no money. So they're eating the full contract, the full salary. We get Carson Wentz off the books, and now we have, I believe, Kyle the Cap Guy on Twitter. If you don't follow him, he's a good follow because he's on top of all the cap stuff. That's where my knowledge is at its worst. I do not understand the cap ins and outs and the intricate parts of it. I understand the basics, but I don't understand the intricate parts to the cap and cap space and all that. But he tweeted the Colts right now. I think I have 71 projected or at the moment, 71 projected. That number could go up. Of course, it will go down when you start signing guys. But right now that's number one in the NFL. So the Colts have a lot of money to play with going into this offseason. The two top dogs are off the board in Aaron Rodgers resigning and Russell Wilson being traded to Denver. So we won't get one of those two guys, but we do have money to play with as we look around for a quarterback, as we look around for a left tackle, as we look around for edge rushers. We need some premier spots on this roster. We have a very good core, but we're missing three of the most important spots on the field. We have young pass rushers, which I believe will get better. We're going to have to take if we don't like a quarterback earlier, we don't like a quarterback in the second round. We're going to have to look for a left tackle, I would say, would be the most important corner. There's definitely spots we need to address. But as far as this trade goes, as far as Carson Wentz and the way he finished in Indianapolis, and to all the people out there that were talking crap to Jason and I, we took a lot of shit the last month and a half, two months since the season ended. So many people coming at our sources, coming at what we're saying, coming out certain reports. Like we said, back in August, we said Carson Wentz was not voted a captain by his teammates. This goes beyond play on the field. And Carson Wentz did not end the season well. Jason tweets this stat a lot, very frequently, that the last eight games for Carson Wentz this season, he threw for over 225 yards once. One time over 225 in the final eight weeks. He was awful against Jacksonville. He was awful against the Raiders. He made a couple of nice throws with a lead late in the game against the Cardinals. He did nothing in that game against the Patriots. He was virtually a non-factor. We won the game, but he didn't play great. He didn't do anything. We didn't need him to do anything. We went to Buffalo. We didn't need him to do anything. Jonathan Taylor won those games. The defense won those games. So we basically won in spite of him, and he did cost us games. We lost that Titans game because of Carson Wentz. He throws the pick six on the one-yard line. He misses a wide-open Jonathan Taylor in the middle of the field, which probably could win us the game. He throws, I think, to Mo Alley-Cox in triple coverage. Pick, game over. Game-winning field goal for the Titans in overtime. We won the coin flip. Everybody's complaining, oh, if you lose the coin flip, you have no chance to win in overtime. We won the coin flip. We had ball first. Carson Wentz had a wide-open Jonathan Taylor, the league's MVP outside of Aaron Rod outside of the quarterback position, the most valuable player on the field in the NFL this year was Jonathan Taylor. He's wide open in the middle of the field. Wentz doesn't see him. That was a big theme. That was a constant theme. At the end of that Raider game, you have a chance to win that game if you hit T.Y. He misses a wide open T.Y. down the left sideline. That was just way too consistent of an issue this year for Carson Wentz. So we were saying it five days after the season, Jason and I recorded a podcast saying that Carson Wentz would not be back. He will either be traded or he will be released after this season. And so many people got on us. Every time that Frank Reich would come out and say something positive about Carson Wentz, everybody thought that meant, oh, he's going to be back. So in mid-February, there was a press conference and you see 
Reich come out and, of course, defend his guy. And that's a Frank Reich guy. He loves him as a person. That's never going to change. And we had the report back in August about Carson Wentz not being voted a captain by the players and Reich giving it to him. And everybody's like, well, do you have proof? Do you have proof? No, we can't prove that. We can't get Frank Reich to come out and confirm that report. It will never be confirmed. But we can confirm that our sources and everything we've gotten right in the past told us that in confidence. So you don't need to believe that. But take it, take it with a grain of salt and use that as another piece to the puzzle of what the Colts are going to do with Carson Wentz. So we don't need that to be proven. We don't need that to be confirmed by Frank Reich. We're putting all these little stories out there. And now it's everybody's job, whether you want to listen to us or not, to take those stories and piece them together. And then when we're right about this, say, okay, you know what? I don't need that exact specific story to be confirmed. But I now know that that piece fits to this puzzle. And Luke and Jason weren't lying to me. They were right. So even though that can't be proven, even though Frank Reich is not going to come out and say, yes, I just named him captain without him being voted captain, like his fellow players, by the players, I do believe it. I believe that Luke and Jason heard from the same guy that told him that Carson Wentz wouldn't be back next year, that that story about training camp was true, or other stories we told throughout the year were true. So after Frank Reich came out in February and said positive things about Frank Reich, everybody then said, oh, well, that doesn't sound like a guy who's going to be gone. And we were saying, or it sounds like Frank Reich is trying to raise or create trade value for Carson Wentz because he will not be back. And he's not going to throw him under the bus, and he's not going to say a bad word about him. So a lot of people were coming out and saying, or one person specifically was coming out and saying at me, well, you can't have it both ways. You can't say... Because remember, earlier in January, after we put out that podcast, like second week of January, when they were doing their end-of-the-year press conferences, Frank Reich was not claiming Carson Wentz. He was not talking about the upcoming year. He was basically saying, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And we were saying, that's a sign that he's gone. From what we heard, and now Reich not supporting him, that's another sign. Ursay being completely off the Carson Wentz boat and never wanting him in the first place. And same thing with Chris Ballard. These people were saying, you can't say that. And now say that Frank Reich is only saying good things to raise or create trade value for him. They were saying we were speaking out of both sides of our mouth, but we're not. It's actually the opposite. Frank Reich saying a bad word or not committing to a player means that that player is really not going to be back. But Frank Reich speaking highly of a player does not mean that that player is definitely going to be back. They're both negative. Like, one's a draw. If you're saying a good thing about a player, it really doesn't mean anything. It means that player could be back. It means that player could be gone. If you do not commit to a player, in my opinion, if you do not commit to a player, he's gone. There's no way you're not going to commit to him, and then you're going to bring him back and name him your starter and tell him you have all the confidence in the world. So I believe they're separate. Shitting on a player, talking badly about a player, I think means they're gone. Speaking highly of a player means it's open for interpretation. If you speak highly of a player, it could mean they're going to be back. It could mean that they're going to be the starter. It could mean that they're going to be here for the long haul. 
But it could also mean that you're done with that guy and you're trying to raise trade value or create trade value or some buzz around the player or to give him a good name in free agency if you have to release him and buy him out of his contract. So those two things do not drive on the same side of the road. The speaking negatively is never going to flip 360 where you're bringing that guy back and telling him, hey, you're the guy. It's like, no, 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 you didn't commit to me in January. How am I your guy now because you missed out on all those other guys? So once those reports come out, once you do not commit to a guy, that guy is finished. He's done in your city. You're never going to coach him again. But on the flip side, if you're speaking highly of a player, it does not mean that player is automatically going to be back. Speaking poorly means automatically gone. Speaking highly does not mean automatically back. They do not play by the same rules. So we are not speaking out of both sides of our mouth. We never were. We believe this to be the case the entire time. We said it when Frank Reich was not committing to him. We said it before Frank Reich was not committing to him. We had that report back in August. We spoke about it throughout the course of the season, including going into week 18, where we said they basically need to get into the playoffs for Wednesday have a shot to be back next year. Five days after the season, we called our shot. We said what we were hearing. We said that Carson Wentz would not be back with the Colts. Fast forward a couple days. Frank Gregg comes out. He does not commit to Carson Wentz. We said that's it. He's done. He's gone. Ballard's not committing to him. Reich's not committing to him. Ursay's not committing to him. Fast forward a couple months. Wright comes back out. Now he's speaking highly of him to raise his trade value. We said this does not mean he'll be back. All he's doing is talking up Carson Wentz to raise his trade value. And now here we are. Aaron Rodgers resigns. Wilson gets traded to the Broncos. And now the commanders who were in play for Russell Wilson, even though the Seahawks did not want to trade him to an NFC team, then had to look for their next option. And the next guy in line was Carson Wentz. The commanders make the trade for Carson Wentz. They bring him back to the NFC East where he'll play against the Philadelphia Eagles twice in 2022. And now the Colts recover, recuperate some draft capital after making a mistake last year trading a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. So, this trade for the Colts is a win. You had dead weight on your roster at the most important position. You got him off the roster. You were not going to flip him for... Russell Wilson, you weren't going to flip him for Aaron Rodgers. We were in on those guys, but then Aaron Rodgers resigned. So I see Colt fans killing Chris Ballard yesterday. Aaron Rodgers resigned. Nobody had a shot at him because he wasn't leaving. There was a chance. He talked about leaving. I think he kind of forced his way out, and then he had 200 million reasons to stay. Russell Wilson was legit on the trade block, and now we see that because he goes to Denver. They did not want to trade him within the conference. They did not want to trade him to the commanders, although I do believe they were in play and probably second to Denver. But I think we were in the mix. We wanted Russell Wilson. That was Ursay's guy. Ursay really wanted Russell Wilson. But the Broncos had the ninth pick. We didn't pick in the first round. We just didn't have the equity to go out, especially this year, and make that trade. Unfortunately, last year we traded... For Carson Wentz, and I don't think if you add the two trades together, we win the trades, but we made a mistake last year, and we did the best thing we could do this year to recoup as many picks as we could. So you look at the two trades combined, which is what you have to do at this point. We trade a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 first-round pick to the Eagles in basically what turns into a three-way trade now, and then... Carson Wentz goes to the Commanders and the Colts get a third round pick this year and a third that could turn into a second next year. So let's say that turns into a second. 
The third round picks are basically a push and we go back from the first round this year to the second round next year, maybe the third round next year. So we lose. All in all, we lose because we don't have a first round pick this year. But if we end up getting a second round pick next year, it's not as big of a loss. And it's definitely not as big of a loss as having to cut Wentz in a couple weeks and having to pay part of his salary. So we don't have to pay the rest of his salary. The commanders are taking it all. We get him gone now. So he's out of town. We don't have to worry about him. We don't have to worry about the locker room. We don't have to worry about any of that. And I think Frank Reich knows to keep his mouth shut. I think it's time now that Chris Ballard, whose seat is heating up because he has one playoff win in five years heading into year six. And same thing with Frank Reich. One playoff win in four years heading into year five. These guys need to make some noise. They need to win a division. They still haven't won a division. They need to win multiple playoff games. They still haven't been to a conference championship. They obviously haven't been to a Super Bowl. They haven't won a Super Bowl. They have a lot of winning to do. They have a lot of proving to do. And they haven't done a whole lot of it. I think Dallard has proven it in terms of individual player accolades, in terms of guys getting all pro nods, getting pro bowl nods, being voted different awards, weekly awards, monthly awards. I think statistically at certain positions, we are off the charts. What Darius Leonard's been able to do since 2018, what Jonathan Taylor's been able to do the last two seasons, especially this past season, Quinn Nelson. I mean, the career resumes of Nelson and Leonard are as good as could possibly be after four years. So Ballard looks really good. Most of his trades, the 2018 draft trade going back from three to six, an absolute home run. The trade for DeForest Buckner with the San Francisco 49ers, a win. The Carson Wentz trade last year, a loss. This trade recouping picks, a win. So he's been good. Overall, he's been good. But until you solidify the quarterback and you can make runs and you can win divisions and you can get into the playoffs year in and year out and you can win playoff games. It's all moot. It's all mush. It's all kind of fake. Like you need playoff success. You need success. You need to have multiple winning seasons and string winning seasons together. You can't have a winning season in 18 and then miss the playoffs in 19 and then make the playoffs in 20 and then miss the playoffs in 2021. And we also missed the playoffs. Ballard's first year here with Pagano, no luck that first year. So that still kind of counts. That's on his resume. I wouldn't hold it against him. And that's before Frank Reich. But this regime needs to start winning games. They need to win a division. They need to get to the playoffs consistently. They need to win playoff games. And until they start to do that, their seats will heat up. They will be on the hot seat. So... They're proactive. Again, another offseason proactive at the quarterback position. Two years ago, we signed Phillip Rivers. Last year, we trade for Carson Wentz. Now, we trade Carson Wentz away, and there is a vacant spot at the quarterback position. So, we will see what the Colts do to hammer that home. But you look at the AFC. It is loaded with young, talented quarterbacks. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Derek Carr, you have Russell Wilson, and you have Justin Herbert in the same division. Those four quarterbacks, especially the top three with Mahomes, Herbert, and Wilson, are better than the top three quarterbacks in the NFC as a conference. And the best quarterback in the NFC is old in Rodgers. He's 38. Brady just retired. Stafford's in his 30s. So they're older. You look at the young guys, besides Kyler Murray in the NFC, 
all the young guys are in the AFC. You have Herbert, you have Mahomes, you have Allen, you have guys, Burrow. They're going to be around for 10, 12, 15 years. And we're still sitting here without a quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong. We had 13 years of Peyton Manning. We had about five, six years, give or take with the injuries, with Andrew Luck. We are a very fortunate quarterback franchise. But this has been a four-year skid now following Andrew Luck. The Broncos had a six-year skid in between Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. We might have another year or two. Hopefully, we hit a home run like the Broncos just did with Russell Wilson. But we have a very talented roster. We have a very good team. And we play in a pretty weak division. But you have to have a quarterback. You can't win in this league, especially in this conference, without a quarterback. If we're in the NFC, I think we could go to a Super Bowl and then one game, anything could happen if you have Jimmy Garoppolo. But if we trade for Jimmy Garoppolo in the AFC, is it worth it? Are you going through a gauntlet of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow with a quarterback like Jimmy G? I just don't see it happening. In the NFC, you could kind of get lucky because there's not a lot there. You could have weak quarterbacks before you get to Matt Stafford and that's one tough game or Aaron Rodgers, but you could go through the playoff run. You could see Jalen Hurts. You could see quarterbacks that are very beatable in the NFC to get to a Super Bowl. In the AFC, that's not the case. There's really no gimme games. Maybe you get one or two in the first round, but you're not going to a Super Bowl seeing one of Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Wilson, you're going to have to see two or three of those guys to get to a Super Bowl. And that's not going to be easy to do if you don't have a quarterback. I love, I absolutely love Jonathan Taylor. You guys know how much I love Jonathan Taylor all year long. Feed Taylor, feed Taylor, the J train, give Taylor the ball, preaching it all year long. You can go for one game to Buffalo and have him go off for 250 yards, 200 yards, whatever it might be, five touchdowns this year in the regular season without a strong quarterback presence and beat the Bills. You could do that once. But can you go in the first round to Cincinnati and beat the Bengals? Yes. But then can you turn around and go in the second round to Buffalo and beat the Bills? Maybe. And then in the AFC Championship, could you go and beat the Chiefs, to get to a Super Bowl and then see Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. Can you go win three, four games to win a Super Bowl without a quarterback? No, it's just not going to happen. In the NFC, maybe you could get to a Super Bowl. Okay, we saw the Eagles in the first round. We saw the Saints in the second round. We kind of snuck our way to the NFC Championship. Anything could happen in one game at Green Bay. The Packers are not the greatest playoff team. You never know. In the AFC, I think we know. I think it's just too tough because there's too many good quarterbacks. And they're not going away. They're just not going away. They're all young. I think the oldest one right now in terms of great quarterbacks is probably the new arrival of Russell Wilson, and he's 34. He still could have five, six years of elite play in front of him. So I'm glad the Colts are proactive. You had to make this move. They make this move. They get rid of Carson Wentz. They don't have to release him. They don't have to eat money. They have the most cap space in the National Football League heading into this offseason, and it should start to get crazy the next couple weeks. We knew these quarterback dominoes would fall one by one. Aaron Rodgers, boom. Russell Wilson, boom. Carson Wentz and the Colts come into play getting rid of a quarterback with nobody in sight yet to replace him. Maybe those rumors about Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of a lateral move, especially when you have this many good quarterbacks in the AFC. But guys, I appreciate you listening to the For the Culture podcast. It's been a minute since I jumped on and talked about the Colts. It was fun to do. I missed it. haven't done it in a little while. I have been doing the Luke Diamond show, so stay locked. Big topics. I'm going to come on for the Colts. Big topics in the sports world. I'm going to come on 
with the Luke Diamond Show. Follow me on Twitter at Luke Diamond Show. Send me topics you want me to talk about, not just with the Colts, but across all sports. I want to get into a little bit of everything and keep this thing going. So, guys, I appreciate you listening. Keep it locked for more Colts content and all sports content on the Luke Diamond Show. I am your host, Luke Diamond. Keep it locked for more right here on the For the Culture Podcast.